Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory, all with great warranties. Great pre owned inventory. With the Sunbury Motors guarantee, which means so much to the buying experience. And a fabulous service department that backs all of this up. They have great technicians. They're looking for more technicians, as a matter of fact. Um, Because when you have a great reputation, you end up uh, obviously getting a lot of business. And they have more business than ever. And they're looking for more help. And maybe you're the person that can provide that. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. On this particular day, um, there's only one play-by-play call of the day that we can air. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Rachel Harris has it. And he's over. Look. Rachel Harris. Grab the ball on a deflection. Five seconds to go. He grabbed it with five seconds to go and scored. Let's watch one this again. One million to one odds on this one. Watch this, Ricochet. Ricochet out there off of Jack Tatum and into the man of the year, Franco Harris's hands. When you talk about Christmas miracles, here's the miracle of all miracles. Watch this one now. Bradshaw's lucky to even get rid of the ball. He shoots it out. Jack Tatum deflects it right into the hands of Harris. And he sets off. And the big 230-pound rookie slipped away from Warren and scored. The legendary voices of Kurt Gowdy and Al Derogatis. Nearly 50 years ago. It'll be 50 years on Friday. Stunning how all this has played out. All right. Uh, We talked about the wild swings of emotion that the pendulum has given us on this particular day. From the depth of sadness of the loss of Franco Harris to then what Franco would be celebrating, and that would be the future of Penn State football. And that is the signing day that has taken place today. And there may be one more we'll see. Earlier today, early this afternoon, James Franklin met with the media to talk about first Franco, but then about the signees. Um, 
You know, obviously today is about the the future of Penn State. There's a lot of excitement, but uh, obviously I want to take a moment to recognize the past um, in the loss of, of Franco Harris. We we heard some things this morning, and you know didn't want to be quick to put something out there. Um, you know, wanted to be respectful of the family and and, and everybody involved in, in in what's going on. Um, you know, but obviously a huge loss, a huge loss for football in general, um, college football, NFL, you know, Penn State and, and really Pennsylvania, you know, for him to have the type of career that he had at, at Penn State and then go on and do it at, at the Steelers. Um, but, but more importantly than that, just, just an unbelievable human being, uh, you know, was a, it was really an ambassador for the university and, and the football program, uh, was a servant leader. Um, every time you know, I had a chance to be around him, I was just so impressed uh, with him and his wife. Um, you know, obviously, you know, very involved with a lot of different causes you know, throughout the state of Pennsylvania, um, but just, just an amazing, amazing human being. So. A huge loss for us. You know, obviously, we want to send our condolences uh, to the family. And if there's anything that we can do to to support, uh, we'd like to do that. So, kind of kind of a weird, um, you know, conversation to have on on this day. But obviously, you know, that needed to take a priority in terms of you know just the type of human being that that Franco um, you know, Franco was. So. Um, feels strange to kind of move on to this topic right now, but um, but I want to make sure I do that because obviously this is a really really important day to a bunch of young men and their families uh, about their futures. Um, but I did want to take a moment and pay respect uh, to our past. Now, when you talk about this class, you know we're very very happy with the class. There's a lot of balance in the class offense and defense as well as early enrollees i think we have 11 guys that are scheduled right now to be early enrollees which will be based on what they all told me today 16 days uh, when they'll be arriving um, the class is about split from offense to defense uh, from little guys to big guys i think we got you know a really good a really good mix there so um, I think the other thing that we've done a good job of and we're going to have to continue to do a good job is is kind of branching out and going to more places. I think, you know, obviously Dakari and, and Selma, Alabama, I think are, are a really good example of that. Um, but but at the end of the day, we're still talking about, you know, what I would describe as Penn Staters and Penn State kids and Penn State families. Um, you know, you, you get a chance to spend some time with Dakari and his family. His dad's the principal of the school. Mom is phenomenal. Um, they've done a great job raising Dakari. Um, you know, obviously doing a great job in the state of Pennsylvania and keeping the best players home is always a priority for us. And I think we've done a good job of that. Um, but then also the region, you know, whether it's New York or whether it's New Jersey or Virginia, uh, or Maryland, uh, I think we've done a good job of having a presence in those areas as well. And then probably another thing that jumps out to me is is trying to get really good players from really good high schools so they're academically prepared to come in here and be successful, but also really good high school programs as well. 
Um, you know, whenever you can get really good players from great high schools that also know what it takes to win and the sacrifices that need need to be made, uh, then you got a chance to be special. So I'm very, very pleased with the class. Um, you know, as, as you guys know, this is the first signing day, so there will be another signing day. Uh, we also have the possibility of some transport, uh, transfer portal options as well. And then we got one guy that, that we've been recruiting for a long time that, that still hasn't signed yet. So we'll see how, we'll see how that all plays out. But um, again, I appreciate you guys being here, and I'm happy to open up to questions. Raise your hand. We'll get a mic to you. We'll start with Brent. And then Brent. James, when it came to uh, meeting needs in this class, how do you think you did? And are there some areas that you think you still have some work to do potentially in that late signing period or be, be it through the transfer portal? Yeah, I think that's that's a good question. You know, I think if you kind of look at us and, you know, what we've been able to do, I think overall, um, I think good. You know, if you look on the offensive side of the ball, you know, we'd like to get another offensive lineman if we could, specifically an offensive tackle or a guy that's you know like like you know the guys that we signed in this class that have position flexibility. I think you look at Birchmeyer and you look at Javen and maybe Dunka. Um, I think you know I think they can play all five positions in terms of the length to play tackle, the girth to play guard, and the the intelligence to play center. You know, so we'll see how that plays out. But I'd like to see us get another offensive lineman, and then and then wide receiver. Um, you know, we, that that's a position where, you know, I could see us sign a couple more guys at that position just to make sure that we have the competition at that position um, on a similar scale that we do at tight end and running back. I think that's going to be important for us moving forward. So offensive tackles that are still out there, uh, wide receivers that are still out there, you know, we're, we're, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be, uh, we'll be in pursuit. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, we'd like to get a defensive tackle, um, possibly another defensive end, just from a numbers perspective. And then, again, depending on how this thing plays out in the back end at defensive back, we could be in the need for, for one or two more defensive backs. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how this whole thing plays out. But, but those would be probably, you know, needs that I would say that are, that are still out there uh, that we'd like to try to address either through the second signing day with high school prospects or um, some transfer portal prospects. Coach, you had an interesting signee who had an interesting recruitment in Mega Barnwell, and he's obviously a guy who, just based on his frame, signed with a tight end is what you guys announced, but certainly seems like he could grow into any number of positions. So what is your plan for him short-term and long-term as he gets set to enroll in 16 days? Yeah, so good question. You know, as you guys know, Mega committed to us in, like, fourth grade. We tried to convince him not to commit when he committed, felt like, I wanted to make sure that you know they were comfortable and truly knew what that was. I think it was actually ninth grade. Then his eyes started to wander a little bit in tenth grade, and then ended up committing back to us. That doesn't, which doesn't always happen. Um, so I think you know, obviously we've been able to get to know him and the family really well. Um, we have recruited him to play tight end. We did re recruit a number of tight ends in his class. But to your point, he does have position flexibility. You know, he's the, he's the tallest guy in this class. Um, we do think he could play defensive end. We do think he could play defensive tackle. 
you know, um, we think he can play tight end for sure. And then I think there's also a chance that he could play on the offensive line. Now, most high school kids don't want to hear um, that they're you know, being projected to move to offensive line until you show them how many how many first round draft choices on the offensive line started at tight end that's usually a pretty good you know um you know, pretty good story to tell but at the end of the day we want guys to play the position they want to play um a lot of times guys will kind of see that on their own that 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 they need to move um but you know to be honest with you we just wanted them in our program he's a really good athlete uh, great family really good student uh, with position flexibility, and he may be at tight end here for four to five years, or, or a number of other positions, and we'll just see how, you know, the genetics play out. Um, but we've been very honest and, and open with the kid and the family um, that that some of these things are possibilities. But again, you know, we wouldn't move him unless him and the family were on board with the decision. Tyler. Hey, James. <clears throat> Happy signing day. You as well. A um, couple players that I heard you refer to as steals during the broadcast. I may have missed that reference to another player, but Jackson Smolik and London Montgomery. Can you kind of expand on why you feel that way and what you think maybe two or three years down the road, why that may be shown through? Well, I think I think Smolik, again, if you just kind of look at, look at his story, you know, um, you know, gets invited to the Elite 11 at the last minute. Uh, there's no hesitation. There's no hurt feelings that he's getting called at the last minute. Jumps on a plane at the last last minute. Gets out there, competes, and does does really well. Um, is hurt his junior year, so there's not a lot of evidence and film out there on him. And then he comes to our camp and earns a scholarship. And and like God forbid, that's that's how you know this happens anymore. Most most guys don't go through the process that way but came to camp earned a scholarship did a lot of things really well great family um and we're excited about him you know we're, we're we're really excited about him i thought he had a really good senior year got a lot of the traits and intangibles that we look for we'll be here during the spring so we'll have a chance to evaluate him. plus i went and watched him play it was a bitter cold day in iowa it was raining you know and Watching him throw the ball and warm ups on the sideline, it wasn't, it didn't even phase him. He's got massive hands. He's just got a lot of traits, you know, that you look for at that position. So we're looking forward to working with him and, and helping him develop. And then London, you know, didn't get hurt junior year like 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 Jackson did, but but London, um, London, I think rushed for over 2,300 yards as a junior. I think he would have a chance to rush for over 3,000 yards as a senior. Gets hurt before the year uh, starts. Commits to us. It's just not a whole lot when you when you get hurt, you know, and don't play your senior year. There's obviously not a whole lot of people talking about you. And you, know, you go back and watch his junior year tape. It's really good. Um, I really enjoyed getting to know him and the family. Just just great people. Um, the more people you talk to about his personality, the more you get to know him. The type of impact he has on others um, is is really strong. So, you know, we're excited about him. But I think you know the reason I probably say it is is because of the injury and people haven't had a chance to to watch him, you know, in a long time and get live evaluations. And as you guys know. A lot of the rankings are not just based off of film, it's based off of live evaluations, whether game evaluations or camp. And he just didn't get many opportunities to do that. Snyder. Afternoon, James. How you doing? Good. 
your linebacker class, I think, is going to stack up one of the best in the country when you look across different sites. Can you just go through where they fit positionally, their recruitments, just kind of what they bring to the table? Yeah, for us, I think you guys have heard me say this before. We'd really like to recruit kind of three outside backers. And then, you know, whoever makes sense at the end to move to Mike, do that. Um, you, you really don't want to play with an old-school true Mike on the field. You'd rather have three outside linebackers that create position flexibility. All these guys have length. All these guys have athleticism and run. You can kind of make a similar argument about Tamir. Tamir was one of the most highly recruited guys in the country. Then he gets hurt. Um, you guys maybe heard me say this, you know, on the broadcast. I'm not sure what got on the broadcast and what didn't, but I remember being at a game with Terry Smith on the sideline, uh, one of Brashear's games, and Ohio State was there, Michigan was there, um, Clemson was there, Notre Dame was there. It was like who's who of college football on the sideline. Like we're going to be in for a fight with this one. Um, and fortunately, we were able to convince him to stay home and, and play at LBU. Um, he's another guy that I think if would have played his, his senior year, would have would have had a dominant year. Um, so we got we got three guys that that we think could really play all three positions. Um, you know, if I, if I had to kind of put it on the, the board right now, um, you know, Tamir probably at Mike uh, with his size. He's a, he's, a, he's a big, big, big young man, um, but has the athleticism and movement and leadership qualities. And then obviously you got two guys that, that could play uh, on the outside to start, but I think could grow into Mike linebackers as well. Uh, Rojas is exactly how we would, you know, like them uh, built uh, in terms of his length and athleticism. He's a guy that you watch his tape, you could make the argument he could play running back here. Um, that's the type of athleticism that he has. Um, I could see him starting out um, to the field based on being a space player. Um, and then Kavion Keys is a guy that we were able to kind of flip late. And I could see him playing into the boundary, um, but you can make the argument with him playing to the field too. So the good thing is we got flex flexibility with all three of those guys. Uh, all three have, have really good tape. All all three of them are really good students, um, and I know they're excited about the opportunity of coming here and coming in and competing uh, in what's going to be one of the better linebacker rooms in the country, especially you know the way we've uh, been able to get Abdul to develop in in his first year on campus. So. It's going to be it's going to be a really fun position to watch, you know, over the over the next year. James Franklin will have more from his press conference in the final half hour as well as he breaks down this recruiting class. It is great to have you with us today, sponsored by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors 
Tires Factory Train Techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Out of auto repair. With uh, James Franklin from his uh, signing day press conference in the final half hour today. As we talked about the wild swings of emotion today, the depth of sadness with the loss and the shock of the loss of Franco Harris, and then looking to the future of Penn State football. Franco was just here two weeks ago. He was at a Penn State basketball game two weeks ago and uh, was all set to uh, buy a suite at the Jordan Center for Basketball. Ah, amazing. Today's show brought to you by good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Umbles Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Hey, by the way, um, see so your uh, guy Nick Foles going to start for the Colts? <laughs> I saw that. I, I have no idea what Jeff Saturday's doing, but I'm glad Nick Foles is going to get a shot. I think it should have been earlier if they were going to stay in the playoff hunt, but I have no idea what Jeff Saturday's doing. Nick Foles had a Pro Bowl season and a great playoff run, and for that he'll always be remembered. All the other times... No offense, not so hot. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a reason why you end up being third string at this stage of your career. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, almost Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Fabulous service department that takes care of the life of your vehicle. They're outstanding at every phase. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, one quick note. Uh, the Penn State basketball game with Quinnipiac, which was scheduled for 8.30 tomorrow night and an 8 o'clock airtime, has now been moved to what will be a 4.30 start, a 4 o'clock airtime tomorrow because of um, the weather. Weather's going to be nasty. And we will carry the game here tomorrow on WKOK, followed by Shikalemi basketball. Very nice. Good. Who does Shikalemi have tomorrow? Uh, who does Shikalemi have tomorrow? I mean, the guy doing their games, Dave Ritchie's outstanding. The guy doing these games, does he ever say touchdown Shikalemi because he can't transition <laughs> from one to the other? They got Mount Carmel a, tomorrow. Just that, I'm asking for a friend, that's all. All right. <laughs> We have Santa tonight, right? Yes, this is the last night of Santa, actually. Because of the weather, yeah. we've, we've finished, we're finishing up everybody and rescheduled. So tonight's the Beautiful. last night. Well, enjoy it. It's one of the great, capital G, capital R, capital E, capital A, capital T, 
radio moments for more than 80 years. All right. All right. So now James Franklin. He was asked about the star position, nickel, and whether guys in this class can fit into any of that and how they determine it. I, to be a star, um, we just we try to recruit enough safeties and corners, knowing that in a lot of situations we're going we're gonna to have the opportunity to play to our strengths um, and match up with the people that we're playing you know, from an offense perspective, match up with them. So, so you're really talking about the possibility of you know, five DBs on the field. Um, sometimes that may come from your third best safety. Sometimes that may come from your, your third best um, corner. Or, or maybe it's just the argument who's your fifth best DB to get on the field. Um, you know, one of the things you have to watch is when you have an undersized star or nickel or however you want to characterize it, um, that's where people can get into some situations where um, they're throwing perimeter screens to the running back and they got a, they got a matchup advantage with a, maybe you have an advantage from a coverage standpoint, but now they have an advantage from, you know, from a blocking perspective um, based on size. So um, at every position, you'd like to be as big and as long as you possibly can be, but ultimately that, better, that guy better be a really good football player. Obviously, you know, Daquan Hardy has is, is done a really good job for us in that role, and I think we'll continue to do it. But we need to kind of develop, you know, the next guy and find out who that's going to be. And again, whether it's one of these incoming guys or whether it is a corner or a safety, um, is really to be determined. And it's really about how do we get the next best guy on the field. You know, uh, you look at some of the safeties in this class that we recruited. Um, I think some of them could actually play corner, which would make you feel like some of those guys could could play the nickel corner. Um, and I think we got some some corners with some length and some you know football intelligence that they could they could play that position. The other thing that you don't talk about a whole lot, but as blitzers, um, you know how those guys handle you know that position as blitzers for you as well. So we got some pretty good options, um, but we'll see how that plays out this spring, and also see how that plays out obviously going into the next fall. Fitz. Hey James, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm well. Uh, your freshman class kind of set a high bar in terms of getting onto the field, making an impact. When you look at this class, do you see guys that can make a similar impact, or, uh, or how do you view a class that's trying to get on the field, especially in this portal era, and how do you handle those guys? Yeah, so I, I think you guys heard me say multiple times that, you know, obviously we felt like we had a good recruiting class, and we felt like there was more guys in, in that class that could – contribute early and it really played out that way you know it really played out that way with you know this freshman class obviously you know by the time we got to the midpoint of the season some of them were playing at a, at a really high level and you know started to be a buzz not only in the conference but nationally about some of those guys and obviously we feel the same way about about this class and the fact that we have 11 guys coming in early I think that helps last year I think our number was similar in terms of early enrollees, um, I don't think that's the end-all, be-all, but it but it helps. But I could also make the argument, um, you know, that a number of these guys. I don't think Abdul came early. I don't think Denai came early, and they were still able to to impact um, our roster in in a, in a in a pretty immediate way. So, um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. 
you know, what I always say is, is I hope that these guys turn out to who we think they are, and then I hope we got lucky on two or three. Um, you know, I, I think a really good example of this, I mean, just with total respect to the individual and the organization, but, you know, Tom Brady, you know, you could, you could make the argument in the, maybe the best draft pick in the history of the NFL. You could also make the argument maybe the luckiest draft pick in the, in the history of the NFL. So um, I think we got a really good class here, and a couple of these guys that, that we're excited about that maybe, maybe aren't as ranked as high as some others may think, um, you know, be interesting to see how their careers play out. Um, as we know, whether it's the draft or whether it's rankings, you know, once these guys step on campus, it, it doesn't really matter. Those things go out the window, and it's about what you do and, and how you produce and how you compete and how you earn the respect of your teammates and the staff. So, you know, hopefully, you know, after winter workouts and spring ball, you know, we're having a different discussion, and you guys are asking me, and I'm saying, you know, here's three or four guys that had great springs that are going to go into summer camp with a lot of confidence and a lot of momentum. James, you did most of the heavy lifting for this class before the season even started. Uh, coming off of a couple of tough years, what do you think it says about the program that you were still able to get that class last year and then follow it up with this class? Yeah, again, I think I think when people look at Penn State and our history and traditions and, and the type of fan support that we get, that's that's a huge selling point for us. Um, you know, but I also would would make the argument you look at you look at our staff and you know what we've been able to do over the last 12 years. Um, you know we've we've been pretty consistent. Obviously, the last two years is uh, not indicative of who we've been over the long term. And I think you know whether it's you know whether it's media nationally or whether it's high school coaches or college coaches that really understand the game. Um, I think people felt like those were outliers, not really our trajectory. If that makes sense. I, th I think it's fair to say that this is the first full cycle of NIL implications for a recruiting class. What were the conversations like um, and the feedback? How, how big of, a, of an issue was it, I guess? And were you able to set up, did you feel, uh, the structure of NIL from Penn State side of things uh, to be able to, to have those conversations with these players? Yeah, good questions. You know, I, I would say for speaking for myself and my staff, but then also kind of a general consensus of, of coaches that I talked to. I don't want to necessarily say nationally, but a lot of the coaches that I talked to, I think there's, there's major concerns, um, you know, with what's going on in college football right now. There's just, there's really no guardrails, and there's not a whole lot of guidance, and there's not a whole lot of governance, um, and it's concerning. You know, it's it's concerning, and again, I think I've been very clear on 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 my beliefs in NIL and 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 my support um, of the student athletes, and us coming up with some some way. You know, whether it's NIL, how it's structured right now, or or whether it's a collective bargaining agreement, or or wherever this goes to. Um, I don't have an issue with that. I, I have an issue right now that there's there's no guardrails, there's no guidelines. Um, you know, I, I hate to use the expression the wild wild west, but it's it's a little bit of wild wild west. And some of the conversations that are happening um, uh, is they're crazy, to be honest with you. And it got down to the eleventh hour of this, and and it, it got it got 
it got as crazy as I've seen in in my 26 years of, of doing it. Um, so I think that's that's important. We're going to have to we're going to have to come up with a solution for college athletics as a whole. We're going to have to come up with a solution specifically for football. Um, when it comes to Penn State, I think we were way behind. I've been I've been very clear on that that we were way behind. Um, you know I think I think Pat and and Dr. Ben Deputy, um, I guess I should say Dr. Kraft too. They're both doctors. Um, I think have really come in here and hit the ground running, and I think we've made up a lot of ground, but but we still have a lot of work to do if we say we want to approach NIL and everything else, um, you know, when it comes to, to competing at the highest level, you know, uh, and that's not just in, in football, that's, that's in all 31 sports, uh, you know, whether it's facilities or whether it is um, retention of staff or whether that is uh, NIL, um, you know, whatever it may be that each coach in each sport you know, feels that they need to be successful at the very, very highest level. Um, you know, we, we've made up tremendous ground in a short period of time, but, but we still got a lot of work to do. And, and the reality is we're going we're gonna to solve this problem like we've solved every other problem uh, in our history, and that's together. And, and that's all of us. And obviously, you know, we have the power of the Penn State brand, but we also have the power of one of the largest uh, living alumni networks, and it's going to take all of us uh, to get where we want to go. Audrey. James, it came down to late, late in the stretch for you guys to get Kevion Keys, and he's somebody that you said on the broadcast, um, something along the lines, if he could have a roller coaster named after him after th that ride of recruitment, what was maybe the most surprising or most difficult part of, of trying to get him and then get him to the finish line? I think the, the biggest thing um, – and I, this probably sounds a little confusing, but you know he's a really good kid, and he had given he had given his word and made a commitment, um, and then came on a visit to us, and I think from that point on wanted to make a change, but didn't know how to make a change and was really struggling, you know, with with that whole process. Um, and to be honest with you, we didn't think we were going to get him probably a month ago, um, you know. But you know, things worked out, and we were able to you know, get him on board and 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 join our class. And but he was a guy that that we really liked his tape. And then obviously, you know, with him going to the same high school as Michael Robinson, there was, there was a connection there. Um, and then when he came on his visit, we just kind of fell in love with him. He's got an infectious personality. Um, he's got a great support system, you know, from his family. His mom is his mom has been awesome. Um, and we kind of fell in love with him with, from that point on. And, and we're just trying to kind of make sense of it uh, for both us and for him. And we just I just didn't know if it would if it would play itself out the way it did. Um, you know, we had two really good linebackers committed. We would have liked to sign three in this class, um, and we were able to get it done. And then we went to go do a home visit, you know, last week with us. And then he was like, you know, literally as soon as we walked in the house and sat down on the couch, he said, "Well, I'm coming. I'm 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 committing to Penn State." And we wanted to get excited, and like as we were trying to get excited, he goes, "But I don't think I'm going to commit in the early signing period." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, here we go again." 
you know, um, that was part of the kind of the roller coaster, you know, and kind of just sat there and kind of went through our process and how we go about things and, you know, how um, that we felt like it was in his and our best interest for him to sign in the early signing period. I said, if you think it's crazy now, you know, if you hold this thing on to the next signing period, it's going to get even crazier. And for most of these recruits and their parents, although the recruiting process is fun and exciting, by the end of it, they're as done with it as we are. And obviously that's probably why we went to an early signing period. They just they want it to be over. Um, it's nice to have people at your house and have dinner once or twice. Um, but when people are trying to come in every week and and make a sale and, and um, you know, it can be pressure. And I think that's one of the things I think we have to be careful of as coaches is for us, I've done this 26 times and it makes sense to me and I understand the process, but most of these kids that we recruit, maybe except for Joey Schlafler, um, you, you look at our class, most of them and their families are going through it for the very first time. And it can be an overwhelming experience. Head football coach James Franklin at his press conference on National Signing Day, which, yes, he did start out by paying tribute to Franco Harris before then making the transition into the signing day and the class. We'll wrap it up in a moment. I know the chief wants to make a call, talk about Franco Harris. We'll do that in a moment. On News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Okay, so I believe the Chief wanted to call in and makes has a story about Franco Harris. Dave, how are you? Happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you too and Matt. It's always nice to talk with both of you. And uh, I, when Franco Harris passed away yesterday or this morning, uh, I remember it was probably the year after he retired, like 1985. And he was coming to our high school to speak at the uh, football banquet. Well, that was probably a six o'clock start, but uh, Joanne Cashman, who was in charge of, or was the head of our special needs and special education program, got in contact with Franco, and he came and spent the day with those kids. I mean, that was unbelievably a great impression on every one of them. And I mean, he, he took his own time to come to Sunbury, Pennsylvania, and uh, spend a day in the, in the resource rooms. And uh, I just thought that was unbelievably kind and generous of him. Uh, and I've kind of always uh, had a great respect for him as a football player, but I'll tell you what, as a man, you can't get many better. So that was my story, all right? That, it, was, it was fantastic. A beautiful story. And that's the way he always was. I mean, I saw him do... So many, you know, pieces of charity along the way where he, his time uh, was your time. Yeah. You you needed him. He was there. And when I, I did, a lot, my... I, did, I did a lot of charity events over the years with him. Uh, okay. So I know firsthand about him being there. Yeah. Uh, my official visit to Penn State my senior year was the year that Lydell Mitchell and he were seniors. So that was my first contact with him. So, you know, you have a little special interest in somebody that you've seen and uh, followed him through the uh, entire season with Pittsburgh. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I just feel a big part of uh, 
of our uh, football nation uh, has passed away. So uh, no anyway, that's, that's, that's my thoughts on, on Franco. That's beautiful, Dave. Thanks so much for sharing that. Really appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you. You too, Steve. Dave Ritchie, the chief. Yeah, I mean, like the, the, the generosity of spirit, and he was always somebody that, um, if you're talking to him, he always took the time to talk to you. And as you know, as, as Jay was saying, he was curious about your story because he was always you know, he wanted to learn. I, and I'll never forget, there was a guy that was here for a long time, Freddie Abramson. Freddie Abramson had a quote, you know, for the lack of a better term, you know, it was it was a parts area, but it was quote a junkyard, okay. And Freddie was very successful, but he and Franco were so tight, so tight, and they befriended each other in college. And Freddie was just a, just a terrific guy, and Franco was just a terrific guy. So I wasn't surprised that the two of them hit it off the way they did back in college. And, um, yeah, and you think about all that stuff over all these years. I remember in doing this show, you know, obviously the first time through I was doing it, Franco was the uh, honorary chair of Special Olympics one year and having him on the show, and he's sitting in the studio and he's talking about it. You know, and he, he kept that connection with Special Olympics all those years. And we talked about the finish at the 50. He didn't wasn't just the starter. I finished at the 50. You know, I would introduce him. He'd get up. Enthusiastic would start the the runners, start the walkers. And then he would go to the 50-yard line and stay until the last person finished. Slapping their hands as they went by. What a wild day of emotion. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Elmo's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.